can't believe it's almost the end of 2015. I can't believe it's almost 2016. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Which was supposed to feel like, like a bigger year in general, but it's like, no, it's 2016 that is supposed to be bigger because of all the movies and all the shows and all mm-hmm. those things that are happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, you can't see me, but I'm waving my finger in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt. With a little help from Casey Franco. And third year, too. Brought to you by GWW Radio. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, I'm your host, Casey Pete. Back this week uh, from my one week hiatus. Uh, good to be back with you guys today. Um, along with me, as always, back from the dead, Mr. I'm Salzy. See, not really as always, but I just missed the last three That's weeks of this good stuff. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Be, Hello. I try to I'm be nice wife. there, though. <laughs> Um, and Mr. Uh, Casey Franco. Hello. And Miss Sarah Belmont. Hi. And along with us, uh, he's as he's been the last few weeks, uh, Agascles. Welcome back, Agascles. Boom. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Uh, oh, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> That's a pretty I, quiet I could, boom. I could, but I didn't warn. I didn't warn the guys who haven't been on the show with me beforehand, so I didn't want to just go boom right in their ear like at usual <laughs> level. I could do it if you, if you guys feel you've been warned. please. Go ahead, man. You can't that do boom. it. You, you want, sir? Do you want the big one? Yeah. You want the with, with, boom, with the yeah. fanfare? Okay, here we go. Come get some of this. Boom. There you go. See, that's how he started it. That's, that's how you I'm do clapping. it. Clapping. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Again, not, not as effective without the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also back with us from the Flash podcast, our good friend Andy B. Welcome back, Andy. There was a freaking giant shark on television this week. <laughs> I still can't understand how I'm alive to see something as awesome so like that. So yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah, so we're, awesome. we're definitely going to get in that too a bit. But I want to say at the time of this recording, it is the day before Halloween, but ha- happy Ooh. Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, yeah. That, wow, Casey. That was just like terrible. <laughs> not excited. I, what the hell is like, that? I, I realize that you guys are really excited, but Halloween falls way down on my list of favorite holidays. Really? Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Finally. I, I concur entirely. It is the most freaking useless holiday. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's well, only I mean, like, good. It's only good if you're a kid, and so. And I am right. like not a big fan of kids. Like for the past two years, every time you know there's a <laughs> and so on, my folks are always out. So I'm the bitch that has to give out the candy to them and so on. And I'm like. And I'm always busy whenever they do knock on the door. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to leave what I'm doing right now. So I just like go quiet in the house. And the lights are still on. And they know I'm in there. And then I just wait till they leave. And something takes like 20 minutes or something. I mean, first of all, out of the gate, I take extreme umbrage with the application of the label holiday to the day for Halloween. (laughs) Halloween, not a holiday. Doesn't meet the textbook definition. It needs, okay, to, what, <clears throat> it needs to be a, hol- a holiday, though. I love Halloween. This is <clears throat> this is terrible. I'm the only one here that's juiced <laughs> about 
Halloween, about the movies, about the, about the scares, about oh my gosh, this is terrible. Listen, like I, I, like I, I get the respect. I get the respect for the Day of the Dead. Like it, 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 there's a reason to stop and 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 acknowledge that death is definitely a thing, and you can spook yourself and be part of the season. But Halloween, Chris DeLille put it best on Twitter. Halloween is one day, not nine days. I've heard so much Halloween for the past like week and a half. I'm all Halloweened out. That being said, I am excited for my costume, though. What are y'all going as? <laughs> See, the guy does rant on why he hates Halloween and then goes into, I'm so excited to wear my yeah, costume. Casey, listen, listen, I thought man, you were listen, my ally. I, now I'm hashtag I don't, like, I don't like Halloween. Don't like Halloween. Don't need an excuse to dress up, though. So I'm, I'm just excited to put on a and costume. Yet, That's like, I don't I, know what I, I feel about it. Yeah, man, I got you. So what is your costume, Casey? I'm going as Marty McFly. Oh, okay. I can I can do And that. I'm the DeLorean. Let's go. No. <laughs> that is just an image I'm never gonna be able to get out of my head. Thanks, guys. Oh man, Tumblr's so going he, crazy. So, so he's he's on top of you down there. Yeah. yeah. Well technically inside of, but yes, essentially. Oh. You got the gist of it. Oh. So Ladies and gentlemen, Archer. I did not make it worse. <laughs> when this baby hits eighty eight, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. Mm. So uh, before we really get into our apparently favorite holiday, this is not a family friendly (laughs) show, just so you know, kids. Um, Let's just get into Matt's redactions because he hasn't done it in like a month. So, Matt, do you have anything from last week's show? Uh, Redactions, no, but I do have something uh, for Matt's additions, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I'd like to add something. I'm trying. So, I, uh, I I felt like I missed uh, three weeks worth of show, and uh, I wanted to add some jokes in because that's you know the only thing that I kind of contribute to. Um, so uh, a couple weeks back, I can't believe you guys didn't say uh, when Cisco was talking to Golden Glider, uh, he didn't say, "Oh, I guess he's really vibing Golden Glider." Anyone, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't do it. bad get it. We get it. Okay, okay. Uh, try this one then. Um, how, okay. how, how great was it that uh, Captain Cold uh, was was in that episode and he said, "Ha, peachy." Oh, how great was that? It's not really a joke. I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, well, he, he has a good joke for you about Captain Cold when he said, "I'm all warm and fuzzy and so on." It's ironic for a guy whose name is called uh, is Captain Cold to feel all best. warm and fuzzy. That's how you make a joke. Uh, also, <laughs> yep. um, yes, and I'm, I'm taking notes on doing that too. Next edition, um, I'm waiting. Oh, okay. Oh, at, at the end when he said, um, uh, when Captain Cold said uh, he broke her heart uh, when he killed his dad, get it? Because he shot him in the heart. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's pretty good, right? Next joke. Okay. So, um, um, man, Matt's been man. really waiting to get all this off his chest. I love it. it the worst part man, is it, it sounds like he's been practicing deep. <laughs> it's not well, his best material. I'm just impressed because it sounds like he took... Huh? Well. Uh, okay. <laughs> your, joke, well your jokes okay. were so bad that right. it made her disconnect. <laughs> I broke her. Uh, okay. And I'm just we'll... glad that someone is trying today. That's what counts. My, <laughs> My last one is... Uh... Wow, when they revealed that the episode was Sand Demon, I thought, Sandman, are we going to have an even more emo Barry Allen? Hey! Okay, and that's my last edition. Thanks, guys. Uh, 
you, wow. you feel free to redact all of them. Um, that's that. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. It's so happy to be back. Oh, well, it's, judges, it's been redacted. It's good to have you back, Matt. Back, Matt. It's good to have you back, and your terrible jokes are very welcome. Don't don't worry about it. Um, I know I'm expect I'm going to be expecting that every week now. I hope you know uh, at least one to two of those. So, well, I'm not going to add them after the fact. <laughs> the point of doing this is I missed out on doing it live. That's I know, so- I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, we have a winner uh, for the Freddy Krueger graphic tee, courtesy of uh, R.I.P. Yeah. T. Apparel. Um, and it is, uh, I, it's on Twitter. Uh, his name is at the Irish on fire. Uh, his name on Twitter says Christopher. So congratulations. We're going to get in touch with you. And, uh, yeah, you are the proud winner of the Freddy Krueger graphic tee. So congratulations for that. Third firestorm because for some reason there's multiple ones, but anyway, (laughs) you lost me there, Matt. Never mind. We'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right. Um, all right. So uh, let's just get into uh, new movies real quick. Uh, Burnt, that's at 24% on the tomato meter. Uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, that's 21%. Our brand is Crisis, uh, 32%. So surprising. I'm surprised. Burnt and um, our brand is Crisis seem to be like movies that are kind of being pushed towards the uh, awards awards uh, area and they're not getting good reviews so um, we'll see as yeah, we'll see as time goes on if, if they really are worthy of those bad reviews so um, and blu-ray so I totally screwed up and when I I wasn't on last week but I gave these guys the script and the DVDs I gave I gave them actually came out this week so if you want to redact anything you can redact that they Sabotage. announced movies what's that Sabotage. You yeah, sabotage. I totally did not mean to do that. That was totally my bad. Um, yeah, I totally did. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, whatever uh, is out this week is what they announced last week. So I apologize for that. Um, we'll be back at that next week for sure. I apologize. Um, all right. So let's just get on to Casey's Entertainment. Whatever. All right, guys. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a long one. Here it's time for the entertainment. Spooky entertainment, whatever. Here we go. All right. First up, up, Deadpool is going to get an IMAX release in theater. So if you're a fan of Deadpool and you're planning on seeing it, eh, see it on a really big screen. It's going to be a lot better. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to do it for the entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky entertainment, whatever. Oh, thank you. Sorry if you guys fell asleep during that one. That was uh, lots of stuff happening this week. That was that was totally a long one, Case. I mean, I, I told you to shorten that, so I don't know what happened there. Um, that's okay. Um, it's okay. We'll keep you. You can have your job for at least one more week. We got to decide for that though. Um, <laughs> all right. So now moving on. See, I had a whole segment planned, but it seems like it it really doesn't matter anymore. Do seeing as anyway. I'm the only one. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> do it. We rehearsed we were, this. Do, we were it anyway. do it anyway. Like a little Halloween talk and talk about like you know. Uh, favorite talk. movies and traditions, and we already know. Okay, it. I will, okay, I will start. Casper, are, uh, any Casper movie is my favorite <laughs> Halloween movie. Go. All right, Casper. Casper for Andy. Uh, Gasquiz, you have a favorite movie or, or maybe something you watch around this time of year? No, no I mean, not, not other than the, than the two I've mentioned the last couple weeks. And I don't remember. <laughs> no, I said. I think last week I said Silver Bullet, and oh, okay. uh, and, the, and the week before that I said uh, the uh, the Cabin in the Woods. Oh, Silver Bullet. That's a that's a very good one. Nice pick, um, Sarah. Yeah. 
What? <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Casey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never um, heard someone be like, what? <laughs> what? Hashtag the shade. Um... Uh, I, I typically I get dragged to see the yearly paranormal activity movie, but this year I've done a pretty good job of avoiding it. Uh, so if anyone knows what happens in that ghost dimension for the ghost protocol, go ahead and let me know. Uh, but other than that, no. Th- this year I, I don't have anything. So the one movie I, I am going to watch, I'm saving for our classic movie picks. Okay, all right. So, uh, Ooh. It, yeah. It, okay. Keep us in suspense there, Casey. Don't tell us just now. And, okay. and the payup is going to be and the payup's going to be awful. Yep, the hype's <laughs> the hype is real. Get hyped, uh, Matt. Do you have a, a favorite Halloween movie you like to watch? Um, I kind of switch it up every year. I'm, I'm I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to scary movies, so I pick like Halloween-ish kind of movies. Last year, of course, I watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, this year, I think I'm going to watch The Crow. Pretty okay. cool movie. That is you a know, cool it's, movie. It's gothic. You know, it's not really Halloween-ish, but you know. It's cool. Okay. Does it now? Um, I don't know. This might seem like a stupid question now, but does anyone have a Halloween tradition? If you don't, don't worry about it. Drink profusely. Oh, <laughs> any drinks. Giving every kid that knocks my door the biggest diss in the world. <laughs> Finding the worst sexy costume. <laughs> Handing out raisins, which is truly the only way to get a terrified look on a child's face. Ah, uh, man, I love that. You should try handing out carrots, Casey. <laughs> see what kind of reception you get there. You live in the city. They might actually like that stuff. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, do you have any traditions? Do you just do, or do you just take the kids out for trick or treating? Uh, well, I used to have, I used to have one major tradition when I was single, which was just to never be at home during trick or treat. <laughs> so that, was, that was my big tradition. And then uh, since I since I've gotten uh, married and have kids, my new tradition is to. Just fill two big bowls full of freaking candy and sit them out on the front porch. That's I actually I see a lot more houses doing that nowadays. It's like I don't want to mess with it. I'm just going to just let it be, and kids can have as much candy as they want. Which yep, yeah, it almost or, becomes Hunger Games at that point. Right. Or you could just put an empty bowl out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just say take some, but they're like, oh man, should have got there sooner. <laughs> okay. It's the perfect crime. Uh, Sarah, do you do anything special for Halloween, or are you just pretty much uh, uh, make fun of everyone in costumes? What? Why would you say? <laughs> Why would you think that I do, in fact, do that? What? I'm guessing. <laughs> no, I don't do anything. <laughs> so, moving on. Okay, um, Matt. <laughs> I uh, I like to. Uh, I adopted this from my friend Sean. Uh, Sometimes you get together and do uh, dramatic readings of uh, the Raven, and no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow, very like cool. I, I like to listen to dramatic readings of the Raven. It's it's a very spooky poem, just poem in general. So uh, it's a very uh, lengthy poem. Poem. It's probably yeah. a that's an evening event. It, it it kind of is, yeah. So uh, yeah, over the course of the day and listen to some dramatic readings of that or just read some Poe novels and really get super sad just pretty much is what, what my tradition is. <laughs> well, then that's not really Halloween then. You're kind of like missing the point. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, okay. Scared too, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't have any traditions. I like to... Uh, well, I would just be taking the kids trick-or-treating, but when I was single, um, there was just like going to parties and getting and drinking a lot profusely as... Casey said, so uh, that that's pretty much it. But 
Um, no, actually, you know what I do? I've done the last few years, and I really didn't even mean to do it, uh, or even like it wasn't something I was like actively trying to do. But um, AMC uh, plays like they have their Halloween horror fest or whatever for like eighteen days in Halloween, and so uh, usually they're playing like the Halloween, all those you know, uh, overkillages, um, the whole night. And so I usually like to live tweet them just cause it's, I'm not doing anything else and the kids are sleeping. So now I'm like, okay, this is my time. So that's what I do now. That's, that's pretty much it. Everyone's asleep and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun for me, but, um, oh, and that actually answers my favorite Halloween movie, Halloween. So that's what I like to do. Um, nice. what's yeah. uh what's what's coming up next a little jason x live uh tweeting i remember i, well. I would totally live tweet jason x or even freddy versus jason because they're so bad but they're so funny um but i would totally live tweet those that would be I'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna live tweet my binge watching of uh, screen queens because that's like the perfect oh Halloween there you go show. andy that's perfect yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> the show that um wait there, there's a movie called screen queens right uh i don't know if there's a movie called screen because i just know about the tv show it's actually it really good. Yeah, I've always wanted. I've been wanting. Nobody to look it up. I want it for redactions. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So does anybody? So this is. I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. Does anybody experience uh, any kind of weird things like ghost wise? Like you know, it's it sounds kind of silly, but I do have a few stories. But I, before I get to mine, I wanted to ask any guys ever had any kind of experiences with like. Um, you know, paranormal type things. Cue, cue the cue the music, Casey. Uh, uh, yep, yep. Hey, we we prepared for this. Let me just get that because I have it already pre-queued up. I mean, it's I was say, just a matter of the same stream in like last year. What's Button that? right here. Uh, it's right, right in front of me. We just play this music real fast. Halloween music. Here it is. Right. Yep. I am horrified. I am. God, I just pissed my pants. This is oh, this is terrible. I'm, it's too spooky. I'm gonna turn it off. It's too spooky. You know, if, if you I can't slow it off. down don't, don't and then have to turn it off. Sing it, Damn it, Casey. It'll be a pop, like track, you know. <laughs> the scariest part is that I can't get my phone to stop playing this song right now. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh boy. All right. So what were we um, talking about? <laughs> has anyone had any kind of like paranormal experiences or anything? Like anything? Oh, right. Had uh, Andy? Have you ever had anything weird happen to you? Like ghost wise, or you just or just no. Well, the, f- the weird part is that uh, more shit happens, more weird shit happens to me during the whole year as opposed to on Halloween. So, um, uh, no, not on Halloween, sadly. Um, so I don't really have a paranormal activity story or to tell anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a boring person during Halloween. It's <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, I'm the 22-year-old that scares off kids because they want candy. And <laughs> in, 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 in this kid has never done me anything wrong. So you give the kid the ghost story, basically. No, I, I'm ju- I just sit in my room, like, quiet until they go. Or sometimes I will just, like, you know, open a window and, you know, just scare the shit out of them and they just run away. <laughs> all right, all good. Um, I guess, please. One, 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 one time I think that I died, actually. I screamed, like, super, super loud. And then they ran away. And I'm like, <laughs> And, um, <Got> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like, like a boss. Oh, nice. Very very well done, Andy. Um, I guess, please. Nope. No, nothing? Okay. Uh, 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 Sarah? That's a no. Uh, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I guess. So I guess two things. One is that when I was younger, I had a very, like, I mean, really young. I had a really overactive imagination. So I would always see shit in the dark. I'm like positive my parents hated me because I would always wake them up and be like, yo, there's something in my closet. They'd be like, no, fuck you. Go back to bed. And I'd be like, okay. Uh, And then more recently than that, I was sitting in my childhood house on the stairs a couple of months back. It was pretty dark. I was the only one home, uh, and I felt like a hand on my shoulder turned around, and there was no one there. Now I realize that that's a pretty uneventful story, but I'm using it as an illustration for the fact that I don't believe in ghosts. So <laughs> while it would be very easy for me to say, "Oh, some spirit put its hand on my shoulder," it's much more likely that I had a muzzle a muscle spasm. <laughs> in my shoulder and I'm more inclined to believe that than that someone actually put a hand on my shoulder. I like the explanation, Casey. Yeah. And you really know how to set the mood for Halloween. You do. You do. (laughs) Are you, are you recording this in your Marty McFly costume right now? Uh, I'm never not in my Marty McFly. I don't know if you've seen my ridiculous hairdo. (laughs) I am essentially a modern man or modern, modern Marty. Best and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right, thanks for that story about your muscle spasm, Casey. I appreciate Heavy, that. Heavy, man. <laughs> uh, Matt, I you got you got to have some stories. I know you got to have some stories. Yeah, uh, are we like um, are we like not using the same ones as last year? Because I gave like um, a couple good ones from last year. Maybe you guys should listen to our previous Halloween episode. <laughs> but uh, I, honestly, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember. Oh, oh, really? Oh, okay, it's um. Yeah, well, if you don't mind, it, it's uh, it, it actually yeah, our, our new listeners. Why don't we? Uh, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. Um, it, it wasn't about me per se. It was actually for my sister. Um, and uh, if she's listening right now, sorry, I'm putting you on blast. But uh, what happened was uh, over the course of maybe ten years or so, ever since I was a kid, me and her have been kind of uh, seeing. We used to see like um these kind of uh like ghostly figures in in our house. Um, so I was, was about, okay, well, this one it w- was about me. So I was about four, and uh, this is before I went to kindergarten. So uh, this is one of my first memories, and it just happens to be pretty scary. But anyway, uh, my, my grandpa, he would be like, you know, my babysitter. I wouldn't go to a babysitter. I'd stay at home. So he was making food, like lunch for me. So this is like in the middle of the day. It's not like it's dark or anything. But um, uh, from the kitchen, I can kind of see, like, my stairs going up to the second uh, floor of my house. But... Uh, what I saw was someone coming downstairs in like a full suit and like a trench coat and a hat and everything. And I said, "Grandpa, there's someone in the house. Who's that?" And um, he 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 said, "There's no one's supposed to be home." So he went over to upstairs and he looked all around and he said, "Where did the person go?" He said, "He went out the door." And um, so he's like, "No, there's there's no one there. It's it's fine. You probably just saw something." But um, when I told my sister uh, Alex when she got home. Uh, she said, oh, was he wearing a hat, like a brown hat? And he, she was like kind of like describing it before I even had a chance to tell her what it was. And she said, yeah, I've been seeing him too. It's, But I didn't tell anybody because I thought it was my imagination. Uh, woo! Uh, so shared premonition uh, or uh, shared visions. Um, but uh, something that got a little scarier was uh, maybe when, maybe like eight years or so later, um, my sister's been – um, kind of experiencing a lot of like night terrors um, and she never knew why and she always saw like at the foot of her bed like um, the same kind of guy and sometimes it was actually an old woman so um, like at the foot of her bed kind of like 
creeping her hands like over her like kind of like uh, making her body twitch you know when you have like i don't know if everyone's experienced a night terror it's pretty much your eyes are open you're fully awake but you can't move your body and it's, it's probably the scariest thing in the world if you're not in a saw movie so um <laughs> yeah like she was saying she, she kept having that for weeks and weeks and weeks and then um you know just all of a sudden just kind of just stopped when when like um her senior year of high school it was it was so strange like she had like um, these really intense like like events happened to her and and then all of a sudden just nothing and we haven't really heard anything since so it's like almost as if it was like a passing spirit from the home or something that's what we kind of just thought but we never recognized the people that we kind of saw so we thought it was just some like lingering spirit or something like that from the previous owner <laughs> so yeah that's my stories very nice Matt I like that good stuff <clears throat> um, I I only um I well I. When I was little, uh, I lived in this house that was kind of, kind of creepy. Um, we came to realize like there was definitely some things going on. Um, my uncle stayed with our stayed at our house a couple times, and we he stayed in our guest room. and And there were a couple times that he told us that he woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a large figure uh, standing at the foot of his bed. Now, we didn't really think much of of it, you know. You just kind of hear you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's just it's kind of just seeing things or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but uh, one day I was sitting down. I was probably about eight years old. I was sitting in the uh, the front room area, and where I was sitting um, on the couch, you know, it's up against the wall, but right above that, um, in the same area, there's like this kind of hole that you can, or window type thing you can see into the kitchen. So uh, on this particular day, I was uh, just sitting there watching TV, and I see my dad working on something, and and I'm I'm like, Dad, Dad, just start calling his name, and he's not he's not answering. He's just looking down. Looks like he's doing some paperwork or something, and I just constantly, dad, 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 like, he's not responding, so I finally get up, I go around, which literally, like, five steps away, I, tur- I go around, and he's gone. I don't know what happened, where if he was even there, or, or what, but it was just, that was a really freaky moment for me. Um, I mean, I saw him clear as day, but when I went to go, like, right, right around the corner to, to go well, find out why he wasn't answering, he was gone. So, uh, I had, he like wasn't at home or anything like no, that. He was at home, but um, I or honestly, I don't even remember <laughs> if he was home or not. I just remember my dad was there. I went to go get his attention, and his he was completely vanished. So it was kind of it was that was definitely a, a weird a weird moment for me. Like I said, this house I lived in was really creepy. Um, we used to hear things in the middle of the hallway at night. We used to chalk them up to just being maybe like they were just like pipes in the ground. Um, but, uh, it was, it was definitely a creepy place where I lived, um, lived at. Uh, but as I got older, you know, you kind of get older, you kind of, you be- definitely become skeptical, um, of people who say they've seen things or hear things. I'm still skeptical to a point. Um, maybe it's just because I've had things happen and, and, and I'm very wary of when I hear people talk about ghost stories. But, um, when I was like, I don't know, 18, 19, I worked at this, uh, haunted house and it was when I lived in Fresno. And there was this haunted house that they it was um it was almost like this mansion connected to uh these uh it it was known as an asylum way back when. So it was almost like a, a where they took care of old people, like a caretaking area or a caretaking place, and then um, you know, like I said, there was like an asylum in the back. Well, the the owner of this house turned it into uh like an attraction. Uh so that was the whole backstory was that, you know, it it, it had a whole history of of that, you know, and you know, you can you can think of movies like House on Haunted Hill where they have they can show things like that. So um, I don't know if it was that extent, but I'm just kind of give trying to give you a, a paint a picture here. 
so that was the story they gave you. But the, as we worked there, a lot of people said they were hearing things, they could see things. Um, in the kitchen, apparently, you know, it's everything's broken, like nothing works. Um, but people could swear could swear they could it was they could smell like somebody was baking something in the kitchen area. Um, I never had the opportunity to, to to smell any kind of baking that was going on, but it's just something well, I heard. Someone was baking, all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but so so my particular job uh, a few nights was I was to stand in the asylum in this closet. Uh, it was very small, um, completely closed off. There was nothing like no air that could get out or anything. And so I was supposed to come out, like have this little, have this bar, bang on some sheet metal, you know, ah, scare the kids when they come in. So <clears throat> on this one particular night, I was, um, you know, you know, getting ready, positioned to come on out and start, you know, banging the sheet metal. Just as I grab the bar, banging the metal, what? The, the sheet metal. It's like a sheet of metal. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. Oh! <laughs> See, so sheet metal is yeah, metal I'm, when it's in a sheet. Yeah. I, I thought you said something completely different. <laughs> you you good, Andy? <laughs> Shh. God, All right. Sorry. All right. So um so as I'm I'm getting ready to to you know uh, pop out and you know do my thing, uh, I grab the metal bar, and I swear it's like my hand wasn't able to move. It was like somebody was holding my hand back. And it was really weird, and I, I immediately, I didn't <clears throat> freak out because I, you know, just this is just because I'm I'm intrigued by paranormal stuff. But I've just always been told that the moment you freak out, if there's some sort of spirit around you, it only becomes stronger. It feeds off of your fear. So I didn't. So uh, you know, with that being the first thing in my mind, I didn't freak out. I didn't panic. Uh, and and I maybe five ten seconds later, it let go, and I was able to leave. I just kind of shrugged it off. I didn't want it to be anything. All I knew is that for a good five seconds, my hand could not move. Uh, it was really, really weird. Um, and also in the same room uh, when I would be waiting to you know, scare people, uh, there were constant times when I would feel um, uh, heat and cold bouncing from shoulder to shoulder. And like I said, I was in a room where there was no like holes in the wall. There was nothing. It was completely closed off so uh so yeah that was some really freaky moments i had um working at a haunted house that was actually haunted so yeah so those are my are my ghost stories if i told them last year i apologize but we have i know we have some some new listeners so those are those are my ghost stories for for this year i don't know i thought it was interesting that you felt a change of temperature i think that's one of the one of the most telling things is kind of cool. That was weird. Like I was like, <laughs> why does it feel like it's hot and cold right now on the back of my shoulders? Like it was just, it was creepy. It was definitely creepy. So yeah. So that is going to do it for, I guess that'll do it for our Halloween talk for, for this year. <laughs> Since I'm the only one jazzed about Halloween. We, so we jazzed. You we, the answered peanut all, music. We, we all yes. answered all of your questions and you're still not happy. <laughs> Never mind. Come in here. You invite me on the show. <laughs> answer your question. What more do you want, Pete? No, <laughs> um, all right. So, all right. So, we're gonna move on from Halloween. Uh, Halloween segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're gonna get into TV talk now. We got a lot of TV to talk about this week. A lot of good television this week. A lot of good television. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna kick things off talking about uh, the record-breaking premiere of Supergirl. 
Um, man, uh, I, I'm really happy that they did really, really well. But, you know, being on CBS, I was never concerned because I know CBS really cares about their shows. I mean, I mean, every single show, it's like every single show is the number one uh, TV watched or number one watched TV show in America. It seems like every single show is like that. But you, but you must admit you were a little bit like, not hesitant, but you were a little curious to see how this type of show with this genre would work on series because they've never had a comic book show since um, the original Flash TV show back in 1990. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, I agree. I, I definitely, it's, you're definitely skeptical of, of a comic book property like this, especially coming from the team that made Flash and Arrow and how it would translate on a big network like CBS. Um, but like I said, I think what what kind of made me feel a little bit better was I knew that they would push the marketing and advertising like 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 freaking crazy with the show, oh, and that's yeah. exactly what they did. I mean, um, you know, whether not just you, online, but like in LA, all the billboards. Oh yeah, and, you and, know, you know, even during their regular programming, um, they were definitely reaching out. Like I watch football, and uh, and you know, they're a big network that shows football, and they were constantly showing Supergirl promos. And I thought that was really cool. Like, I mean, they were definitely reaching out to everyone. And, and uh, they're not going to stop. Just because they had the record, uh, they got the record this week for the most watched comic book television property on TV, um, they're not going to stop. If anything, this is going to push them to want even more. So um, let's, let's just uh, real quickly talk about the, what you guys think of the premiere and where, where it's going to go. Uh, Gasicles, what do you think of the show and uh, what do you think of, of how it's going to do in its first year? Uh... I was surprisingly okay with the premiere. Um, my expectations were fairly low. Uh, because? Because why were my expectations? You know, because the, <laughs> the, the marketing campaign from the spring just made it feel and seem very campy and cheesy. And it is um, in comparison to the other shows um, that are on now. But... Um, and, and I will say we also had an early review of the show on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, I'd, I'd kind of seen some things that gave me an impression of what the, what the thing was going to be like. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of concern. And even, and even still, I, I, you know, I've heard um, that there's some, some negative impressions because uh, of all of the call-outs to feminism and kind of going out of their way to say, well, is that because she's a girl or is it a girl thing? I, I, to, to me and my numbers may not be accurate. I felt like there were like four points in the show where they may, where there was a line about, you know, is it because she's a girl? And on, and on at least one of those, the one that sticks out in my mind, um, I think, I think that's, I think that was a line that somebody would call out that I think there's actually a justifiable reason for that line to have been there. Um, so I didn't feel like it was overwhelming. Um, I liked uh, I liked that she already knew how to use a certain amount of her powers. That made sense to me. So you know, when she's running down the alleyway to, to take off flying for the first time, uh, I, I was good that it wasn't like she just completely had no concept of how to fly. Um, so so I was okay with that. You know, the one you know out of the out of the out of the four big shows that I watched this week that I think we're going to talk about all of them. Uh, it was my number four. Uh, the one detractor I would say is it, it did not emotionally move me, um, whereas the other three shows had had scenes, if not several scenes, that were that that were emotionally moving. And so th- that's kind of a question that I have as far as its longevity. Uh, if it's you know 
if it's just going to entirely be a Lois and Clark kind of thing where, uh, where it's good and you, and you like the characters, but it just never cuts, you know, below, below a surface level of depth. Good. Uh, good feedback there, guys, please. Um, Andy, what, what are your thoughts? I, you know, I, you know, I saw at Comic-Con, so, you know, I've had my thoughts kind of collected, you know, for the past few months and so on. I was basically just as blown away with it as I was when I saw The Flash last year at Comic-Con. I, you know, I think it's, first of all, I think it's great that we finally have, you know, a female superhero comic book show. And because you know, there's so many great characters that they could, you know, they can pull from and actually bring onto the screen, not just to, you know, you know, the big screen, you know, to the television screen. So, um, and I, and I thought it was... It was a lot of fun. It, it had a lot of heart and so on. And I will say that maybe, you know, in, you know uh, to um, what was previously said, um, maybe the market in the beginning, you know, I can understand why someone would feel that it's maybe a little bit campy, maybe a little bit, you know, you know, like I don't think I would say it's cheesy because, you know, I think it's, you know, I don't think it, there's anything cheesy about, you know, um, an optimistic, fun superhero that it loves having powers and loves, you know, helping people. And so I think it's, you know, that's the pure fun of just reading comics and so on, just seeing people actually, you know, it was, I think I said this back in like June and that, you know, how great is that for the first time in a long time, we actually have a female superhero that is not like broody or like, you know, dead serious about everything. So, you know, she's just, you know, fun and optimistic. And I think that's what I took away most from the, from the pilot. All the characters were pretty, you know, really likable and love all the cast members on it. And, um, uh, I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying. I'm really trying to figure if it was anything I didn't like with the pilot. The only thing that kind of bothered me was, you know, the constant. Um, whenever they would talk about Superman or so on, they would say he, the man in blue, or you know, the man in steel and stuff. And I'm like, you know, are they really not allowed to say anything? Today? And I even asked one of the producers at Comic Con, like, you know, is there any restrictions that how many times you can say Superman per episode and so on. And she can't, but she said, no, there's not, it's not much about the restrictions. It's more about why would we, you know, it's not his show and so on. But, you know, as we've seen in promos now for future episodes, they, they will be, you know, referring to him as Superman and so on. Because otherwise, if they just keep calling him he, like, I'm always going to be thinking, okay, they're really selling this concept that Superman is God. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> I'm not, like, at the end, the only thing that I was like, oh, my God, this got a little bit silly was that the scene between Jimmy and Kara, which, you know, Kara or Kara, whatever, and, which was really sweet, but there was just so many times when they kept saying he that by the end of it, I'm like, this is the episode, if you ever want to have a drinking game in something, <laughs> t- t- watch a Super Bowl pilot and take a drink, a-, a shot, every time they refer to Superman as not by name, and you will be wasted by, I think, you know, Act 2 or something like that. And aside from that, I, you know, I just thought it was a really good setup for what I think is going to be, a, you know, a long, awesome show with, you know, you know, we have, you know, we have, you know, we have a big bad, you know, we have, you know, villains are coming from the DC universe. And I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be just as successful as, um, maybe not ratings wise, because I think Supergirl is going to be the more higher rated show. But I think in terms of, you know, critical acclaim and stuff like that, I think Supergirl is just going to be just as good as Arrow and the Flash and probably just as good as Legends Tomorrow. And no, but it was just like a lot of fun. Melissa Bonois, she, like, I said it in my review. She's not playing Supergirl. Like she is Supergirl, and so on. Because that's how much like it was fun watching that, and so on. Because not everything comic book related needs to be Batman, dark, broody, and you know, like I'm like, we you know, we don't need that. You know, leave it to The Walking Dead or you know, Eye Zombie and do all those other shows to do that. Yeah, good point. You know, and and, and also, uh, 
Yeah, they really did not refer to him too much as Superman, which I thought was really interesting. But yeah, like you said, we'll definitely hear that more as the season progresses. Um, Sarah? Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the, the premiere? <laughs> and... Like the response would be yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, I want to hear what Casey thought of. Um, oh, Supergirl. okay. All right, Casey. Ooh, um, suspense. I like. I. I. Uh, uh, well, how am I going to word this? Okay, I. I. It's Uh-oh. not my. Uh-oh. It's not my favorite show. It. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, that being said, it. I didn't really see anything new about it that really stuck out to me. A lot of these same archetypes, same scenarios I've, I mean, I've seen before. Uh, She really gave off like a Felicity vibe, like the really anxious girl whose life is still from, from my perspective, predominantly still run by men. Like they keep Mm -hmm. talking about feminism, but I mean, in one of the first scenes, she's like, She's love struck by this this guy who is the spokesperson for Superman, apparently, <laughs> to the point where she can't even speak to him. Um, he, her, he is a he is a good looking dude though. Jimmy, Jimmy I, Olsen I, yeah. on that show, yeah, I, I, good I, looking I brother. That. That's yeah, sure. he is. Macabre is all sorts of handsome, yeah. <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. big. He's big in real life. Like those arms. <laughs> I, it was hard. Like he, you know, when he came to the table, I'm like, "Oh my god, he's bigger in real life than I imagined." This is going to be interesting, and yeah, no, he. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I was going to take it that far. I, I don't have any problem admitting a, a, a small man crush to Jimmy Olsen, though. That's uh, that was good casting for that one. Sure, I mean, I, I'll. I'll that, that's fine. They can have a romantic interest. I can't fault them for that. Plenty of other shows absolutely do that it's just i don't i i don't know let it out casey let it out to me it felt a little bit campy that to the point where they actually had to say the they actually had to say isn't this being anti-feminist why call her supergirl they had to almost justify their own show name Mm -hmm. in the plot you see what i'm saying yep i don't see what's wrong with it though i it's kind of a goes without saying sort of thing. The the fact that they had to come out and say it, it just seems like they were covering their own tracks. So you didn't feel like they needed to say, they didn't need to I, define what the show was about? No. Okay. No. I felt like they could have done that through the storytelling, hmm. but they were just trying to justify themselves. Okay. Interesting. Um, Sarah? Yeah, everything Casey just said. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he would well probably played. have the same opinion as me, so I'm just like... I'm she's like, just doing that because she didn't want to talk. I get what she's doing, Sarah. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Right. Uh, Matt? Um, yeah, I, I guess some, 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 strain, some feelings uh, across the board. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I also went in with kind of low hopes. It's, it's, um, it's not really some. I didn't really grab me first. Um, like if, if you think it's like the best show on television, like a lot of people are talking about it, and great. If you if it if your character really speaks to you, great. It's just it doesn't really speak to me, and I'll definitely tune in every week because I was very much entertained. Um, very much have a man crush and Jimmy Olsen, uh, is a very handsome guy, so I'll probably be tuning in and see what his antics are up to. Uh, but um, the, the 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 first episode, I feel like it didn't grab me as much as like other kind of first episodes. It, I feel like it's going to pan out as like a squeaky clean network show that, you know, the family can all kind of huddle around and enjoy together and then go to sleep and move on with their lives. But if it changes people's lives, then great. Um, then that's Wait, awesome. Matt, that's Matt, what television's cool. Matt, let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, 
you, you, I don't remember which one of them, the, uh, if, if it was you or Casey, which one of you two is the, that, that is not the biggest fan of The Flash? Um, Between you and Casey. I'm I'm fan of The Flash? I think okay. they both do. I think Casey hates no, Arrow. I, okay. Yeah, I don't like Arrow. There it is. Flash is essentially just like Supergirl and so on. How is yeah? How is that more? Yeah, yeah. How is that more okay for Flash to be like that? But for Supergirl, it's kind of like meh. Didn't really hook me and so on. It's like I I buy into her character. Like it's just it's like too wide eyed. I guess I don't know. Like Barry has like fun with his powers, but like you know not like not like giddy. Yeah, I guess like I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's interesting it's you bring that up. Yeah, because yeah, I, I had the I had a similar complaint about the first episode of season one of the Flash is that they spent far too much time on establishing Iris as the uncaring romantic interest. Um, that being said, I mean I I grew to really really love the Flash season one. So who's to say that I won't do the same with this episode? But for the time, my complaint is still the same. I mean, a, a big difference for me, and, and, and Andy, I'd like to hear your thoughts since you're, it, it feels like you're a little more up on the show than maybe some of us are, is I'm, I was looking for the emotional hooks, and I just don't see them. And, 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 yeah, exactly. and there's a couple problems, right? The, 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 the mom, the, the, the Kryptonian mom, is just a female palette swap for Jor-El. And, and that's problematic for me. I, I'm like, you know... If this is all about like breaking characters out and giving them a sense of individualism, I'm, when I really think about it, I really get kind of really bent out of shape about it because I'm like they had so many opportunities to do so many more things, and she is basically just a female Jarrell um, with the same kind of storyline. She punished a bunch of criminals; they're pissed off about it, so now they're coming for Kara, which is literally the exact same setup as General Zod and Superman 2 and other iterations of that. So that's a little... Um, so what, a was little the, what was the question? I missed it, sorry. No, so, my, so, my, so, I, so, so my problem with it, in, in terms of what you're saying about, you know, you know if Flash is kind of near campy and Supergirl is kind of campy, then what's the problem and why might people feel like the Flash is okay but Supergirl's not? My, my, what I'm saying is, is one of my problems is that I'm looking for the emotional hooks that would give the show a little more depth than it just being a superhero show or a comic book show. Those hooks are there for me in The Flash. There's a whole storyline of you know, what, what Joe is to Barry um, because of his, him kind of being his surrogate father uh, during the time that Henry Allen was in jail. Um, mm-hmm. The Iris storyline is not really an emotional hook for me other than it has a couple interesting angles on it. Um, on the Flash now, you have the Patty Spivet thing and kind of how Barry is dealing with things emotionally in the wake of the, of the not Dr. Harrington Wells, um, you know, kind of fallout. So, so there's just I, – I, I feel like there's a little more stake in the Flash, you know, whereas I feel like when I'm watching Supergirl, at least at this point, I'm just going to have a salad. Um, and it's, it's tough for me off that first episode to feel like they're – to feel like I know there's going to be some depth until I see it kind of unfold a little more. But I mean, is your, is your opinion different than that? Or, or is it, or is it predominantly that it's, it's fun and that's completely acceptable. I mean, is it that it's fun and it's funner in a way that some of the moroseness of the CW shows is not. I wish we had recorded earlier today because I actually saw episode two today. So I can't, I, I have an answer for you, but I can't, 
say it because otherwise I will get in legal problems. So, um, <laughs> all okay, I will say fair. is that all I will say is just give us a scoop, Andy. Come on, man. No, 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 no. All I will say is that I think you guys might start to feel differently after seeing future episodes. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Yeah, and I and I think you know it. It really speaks to like what Casey said. Like you know. Uh, in the first season of The Flash, he liked it, but he grew to like it, and and you know those emotion, uh, emotional hooks began to develop over the first course of the first season. So that's what kind of what you said, right, Case? Well, yeah. I mean, the I guess if I were to put my biggest critique into a single sentence, it would be the fact that comic book television shows have this bad habit of making confident women into villains. And every woman I've seen, well, not every woman, for the most part, most of the women who would be considered good in a comic book TV show uh, have a certain, like, anxiety to them, like like Felicity, Patty Spivet, uh, Supergirl. They're all very nervous, whereas Golden Glider, very confident. Uh, the woman who the chief was after in this week's Arrow episode, very confident. Um, the Supergirl's boss, very confident, but not good characters. Hmm. Okay. Because because you, because they you know some are acting, some are more just confident. And so on. I don't. I is that what you're saying? I, I'm saying I would like to see a confident main character who is also a female. I'll say from the episode, I, I, and I agree with you, Casey. I'll just say that there were points. There were points in that episode where she was that, and and those were points that I really like. Like I love, I absolutely love, um, for the, the whole Superman family. Uh, you know, both Clark and Car- I, I love it when they do like the the very kind of minor, subtle, veiled threats. That <laughs> the only reason you're not getting your ass kicked right now is because I choose not to. So that so that one scene where uh, where she's leaving the DEO cave base and she says to her sister, you know, if you don't agree, you're welcome to try and stop me. I would suggest that you don't. <laughs> like I was like, okay, and then there turns we go. away that that was so. I'm yeah, like, oh, awesome. look at that shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like honestly, if I may say, I you know. I think that even, you know, strong, confident women can also be, you know, anxious and nervous as well and so on. Like, to me, you know, the perfect character to me, whether it's male or female, is people that are actually flawed, that actually have some cracks in their shield and so on. If they're just 100%, you know, even with Golden Gladly, as you brought up a couple of minutes ago, you know, we saw in the past episode that, yes, there is a vulnerability to her. There is a humanity in terms and she's not always that hard ass. So, right. I know. I, I mean, of course, having... And not including that also leaves room for character development. I, I shouldn't make sweeping generalizations like that, but that is something that I noticed yeah. about the show. Because I, yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, like I said, it's okay to have, you know, your ups and downs, whatever. So you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. So I just think it's, I'm hearing some very harsh <clears throat> criticism against a pilot that I felt was, you know, very similar to the Flash that I know is almost like universally loved, but yet Supergirl, who, who just happens to be a girl, is however not... You know, being like, well, it's campy. No, it's, you know, it's too girly. It's too this and this and that. And so I'm like, when I'm like, well, then once again, how is it then okay for Flash to do and so on that, you know, and we, we, you guys were talking about emotional, um, that stable was like emotional impact or whatever. You know, I think, this is, I think this pilot had some of that. And so, you know, she had to relive seeing her mom again after how many years was she? Was it 24? Yeah, that was, a, that was a yeah. very well acted scene. Again, my problem with it is, it's 
It's Jarrell. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's Jarrell. It's the scene from the Fortress. Of, it is literally no shit. So, the scene from the Fortress of Solitude in Superman Two, shot in her apartment. So I can understand. I can definitely understand that point because yeah, if you're if you're a big Superman fan, which you know most a lot of people are, and they know that storyline of just you know Clark Kyle seeing Jarrell after all those years. I mean, we've seen it done over and over again. I can understand how you can see that as a, the Supergirl point of view and. You're like, okay, well, that's cool, but we've seen that before. I can but totally. I think it's okay, though, because no, no, you're no, saying they are related. I mean, no, since no, no, they I'm... are related, so I think that it's okay for them to borrow from each other yeah. and all that. And you know, and like I said, it's they're not. You know, I think even the producers even themselves know that. You know, we can't just you know make you know our own archetypes of a general side or of a general you know this and that and you know uh, whatever and so on. And that's why we are seeing such different such different takes on. Cat Grant and Jimmy Olsen, so where you know, d- you know, they're no longer working with the planet. You know, now you know, Cat Grant is the boss of her own company. And we're seeing, you know, you will see familiarity, but you will also see things being adapted, and I also have that refreshing feeling. So, but remember, because they're actually relating, so we, you know, you have to be prepared. You're going to see some borrowing from each other, and so because they do share a lot of same villains, and, and they do share some similar backgrounds. And but I do think that because it's Frank Belanti, you know, I think he. They're gonna they're gonna have the balance of you're gonna see some things that you know if you are a hardcore DC Superman fan you will probably recognize them but you know you will also see some things that will feel refreshing and so on and um, so I you know I don't mind that they added Alora as kind of like a Jor-El type of character and so on and you know hey you know the previous versions of the Supergirl we've seen and uh, like on Smallville or Supergirl the movie you know we you know. She was all alone, so and remember, you know, she comes to Earth because she's supposed to take care of her cousin, but her cousins need her help, so she doesn't have a lot. She doesn't have a lot of people in her life, or you know, a lot of purpose either way. So she, you know, then that's where you can take the opportunity to actually create something new. So I, don't know, I just say, you know, like I don't think the pilot deserved as much criticism as it did, uh, just from this discussion and so on. Because I think it was, you know, I will say this: I will, you know. And I think it's obvious, you know, this pilot is definitely a lot better than, you know, everything I've seen on Gotham and everything that I've seen, you know, from the end. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think Pete knows exactly why. Yeah. I'm going to go I mean, get into that. But then, I mean, you know, despite, it's better for, hang on. Despite my comments, I'm, I am overall up on the show, you know, and I, and I kind of always go through this thing of like, I, like scoring everything just to kind of mentally line everything up for me. You, you know, if I... Again, this show was my number four this week. It would still be a seven zero or a seven point five show on a ten point zero scale. So I'm I'm still up on. That's it. good. Um, yeah, you know, it's just it's it 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 got some things that I think I would like to see it work on. Uh, and Pete, <clears throat> I don't know how much more time we can give to this, but uh, you know, one what a couple things I guess I wanted to ask is um, or say or ask. Uh, I, I I'm not I'm not a huge fan of going back to this concept of. a Apparent, I, I feel like they seem to be like they're going back to they're the only two superheroes in the world um, in, in this continuity. Uh, you know, they, they, they talk about, about Clark as if he's the only superhero and now she's just the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm, since the Christopher Nolan did his thing with that, I'm not super crazy about that. Well, I mean, um, I, I think that, and um, I know Andy knows, I've talked to him about this before with, with having other superheroes on Supergirl. Um, I, I know there's some legal things going on, but I know for the most part that there is gonna there. I think there should be an attempt to be put the Flash on 
Supergirl somehow. Like there, there okay. is. I think there and is going to be some sort of crossover at some point. Oh, they will. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's going to happen. It is. Um, if, if you know, if season one is, you know, I think what are you doing now? They're using season one to just make their own thing and you know, kind of see that you know, show people that look, we don't need Aaron the Flash to make this a second solo. You know, this can be successful on its own. Mm-hmm. Once we've seen that, and you know, we get a second season, I swear to you that by next year around this time, you will either hear. That there are some rumors going on about crossovers, or they will actually have done crossovers by then because they might blow us away at Comic Con, be like, you know, well, guess what? We're yeah. we're crossing over, and so, you know, that's just all I'm saying. And uh, and I think that it's, you know, I think it's gonna happen. And but I do think it's cool that we're seeing, you know, like commercials, you know, on that, you know, like we're saying, for example, like during Aaron the Flash, you will see Supergirl's TV spots, and then during uh, Supergirl, for example, and other CBS shows, you will see Aaron the Flash TV spots, which is, you know kind of good for them as well because you know they you know I'm, I'm not gonna say that their ratings is low so and like for cw2 and three million views is amazing but you know if you can get more people by you know promoting on the cbs network yeah. you know that's a huge plus so i i think we will get those crossovers eventually yeah. um maybe even sooner than we you know yeah i i think they're definitely gonna happen um uh i know like you know andy andy you and i've talked about that many times but um it's 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 definitely have gonna happen yeah we have um uh, but you know we'll we'll end the Supergirl talk there. We'll definitely talk about it more, um, and that's what I loved about this discussion. You know, there's a wide range of of perspectives on the show, uh, and and it was fun to hear all of them. Uh, real quickly, let's get to um, kind of a crazy episode of The Walking Dead uh, this week. <clears throat> crazy. When is that show this. not? When is that show not crazy? That's like I I don't yeah. watch a show, but following on Twitter is like yeah. <laughs> That show has no stop. <laughs> it really doesn't. And, and you know, just letting you guys know, spoiler alert, if you have not watched the episode, you might want to fast forward right now because we're going <clears> to <throat> really quickly talk about um, what happened this week and, and probably the only thing I want to talk about. Um, Sarah, why don't you kick things off? Uh, like I said, this is your chance to fast forward the episode because my next question is basically going to just tell you everything you need to know about this last week. Sarah, is Glenn dead? Um, I don't know. I don't write for the show. <laughs> Come on. He's like, he just builds the stuff. He's going to drop the bomb, Sarah. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, in, in your show. opinion, because there's a million opinions in out there. In my opinion, I... Oh. Okay, well, see, there's opinion, and then there's what I want to have happen. Okay, give us both. Um... <laughs> Like, it would be great if he was alive. I don't want that to happen in the sense that I think it diminishes um, stakes in the show. And I don't like that. I don't like when characters... Granted, there's superhero shows where characters come back to life. Okay, I have exceptions to my role. But in this scenario, I don't really want him to be alive. because I, And especially considering how much that'll affect the group. And how much more stories... Um, especially in Mar- uh, Maggie's character, um, they can bounce off of with having that happen. So, um, so I, I really don't want to see him die. I was surprised when the next morning after watching that episode, there were all the conspiracy theories, and I immediately wrote them off. I'm like, really, guys, are we reaching here? But some people had some good points. Other people, okay, there is a scene right after he hits the ground that clearly shows that um, the other guy is not on his, like, 
like the other guy who falls over isn't on his chest. So when they're tearing up the body, they're not tearing up the other guy's body. It's it's Glenn's body. I truly believe that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Agasicles. <laughs> oh man. So so I talked about like the the, the shows that had this emotional impact. Uh, Walking Dead hit me the hardest. Um, I uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit. I uh, first first first. I, my mouth dropped open. Um, then I, then I, then I literally stopped on the floor and screamed a little bit uh, <laughs> in, in, in anger at the show writers. Um, I, I paused the show. It got up. I, I walked out of the uh, out of the command center here. <laughs> um, paced around my basement for a little bit with my you know hands on my hips, shaking my head, looking at the floor, and then. Uh, came back down, stared at the screen for a few seconds, and then went ahead and played out the rest of the episode. So that's kind of the emotional arc that I went through when that happened. Um, but do you think he's dead? I, I do, and I'm right square in the same spot as Sarah is. Uh, I, I love that character. Um, in my mind, for a long time, there's been kind of these, these four horsemen of that show, you know, Rick, Daryl, uh, Glenn, and, uh, and Carol. Yeah. Um, you know, or I... Or Carol or Michonne, you can swap either one of them out at a point, or maybe I should just say five horsemen. Uh, it 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 ratchets it ratchets up the stakes, um, and and I'm in the same spot as Sarah. I'm, what I'm most curious to see next episode is what happens to Maggie. Um, first of all, it's how do they ever know for certain that he's dead? Right. Um, it will be horrific if they go for like a whole season, never knowing for certain, but his. What was happening to him in his body was such that he may not be discovered. Like, yeah. he may never come across remains that, that clearly point to it being him. Yeah. But my and question on now, that, go ahead. Oh, sorry. But on that point, that's a um, type of a version of death that we haven't seen yet um, explored in this show. And it's been going now for six seasons. So it would be interesting for them to take that route, especially with such a high profile character. And, and, the, and like you said, sir, the question now is what happens to Maggie. Uh, right. my, my, one of the hypotheses I've let run in my head is, is so, so Maggie has now lost everyone. She's lost Herschel, her father. She's lost mm-hmm. uh, the sister. Um, she had mentioned and kind of said that her only reason for living in this world and going on now was Glenn. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, but, the, but the mayor or whatever of Alexandria seems to be unraveling now. So I'm kind of like with, with Maggie being her you know, primary assistant does, I can't remember what her name is, Deanna or whatever, but it, does she completely unravel and, and is what brings Maggie back from the brink is the need to step up and become the leader of Alexandria. Um, and then does she wind up staying behind when the primary group decides that they need to move on? Um, it's kind of a, a thing that I've let uh, play out in my head. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, what happens from here. Uh, Matt, did you get a chance to watch it, or or do you still watch The Walking Dead at all? If not, it's okay. I um I haven't watched um the new season, um but I am up to date on the comics and just uh, I can speak a little bit on this. I guess just my, my my thoughts when I saw Twitter blow up, um I was like, wow, I didn't know the writers had the balls to do that. I thought they're gonna keep them on forever. This is where they deviate and this and that. But um like 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 you said, man, um before. It, uh, he's definitely one of the core characters in the show, and I'm super duper surprised that they had the balls to kill him off. Um, I really think he's dead. 
Mm-hmm. I think um, this is the kind of the pivotal change in the show that needs to happen to keep right. at least me back in, to bring me back in. Um, because uh, it, it's at this point in the game, it's it's hard for me to... Uh, yeah, the game, sorry. At <laughs> this point in the game, I uh, it's hard for me to stay invested in two different kinds of character arcs. So um, uh, to, to shake things up in the show, they needed to do something big. And I'm, I'm happy that they... Uh, they that they did it which makes me sad because Glenn's like my favorite character on the show, um, and in, in the comic books. And then um, I uh, I am eager to see how how, how Maggie uh, turns out because <laughs> in in the books, man is I mean you can expect it was just devastating to her, and um, uh, I I, I want to see uh, the performances from all the from uh, the rest of the cast. Uh, I'm more excited for the performances from the cast about Glenn's death than I am about what happens story-wise. Does that make sense? I'm such a huge fan of the actors now that right. I'm more interested to see their performance in dealing with that. And um, it, especially with, um, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on her name right now. Someone help me out. Um, Maggie's real name, Lauren Cohan. Um, I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing her uh, like uh, portray like the anguish and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um, going to be, I'll probably jump back on. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm on board with all you guys. I think Glenn's dead. Uh, and just to give you a heads up, the, one of the uh, writers, or I think uh, creators, uh, Scott Gimple, uh, was interviewed. And he said that we will know whether or not Glenn's dead by the end of the first half of this, of this season. So they're not going to let it drag out for the whole season just, just for the next couple months. They're going to have people uh, waiting um, on pins and needles to find out, which I think I, I think he's dead. I, I you know, like Sarah said, I, I think that was the zombies were, were totally uh, pulling him apart. And just the way that it was shot and the way it was edited, right. I was just like, they're not going to go through all this trouble and then say, gotcha, because one, that's stupid. Two, you're you're pissing off the fans, and that's just not the way you, you handle a core character's death. Um, there's a lot of people that, like Sarah's saying, there's conspiracy theorists out there that want that want Glenn to be alive. Sorry, guys. he's He's dead. He's gone. They said, you know, on Talking Dead, you know, there was a lot of reference to Talking Dead because they recognized the people who died in that episode, in the following, in the previous episode. Right. And Glenn was left off. And so everybody, of course, read into it. But Chris Harder was quick to say, don't read into it. Don't, you know, just because we did that, don't read into it. Um, And I really think he meant that. I don't, I don't think that they, I think they were just like everybody else. They're like, don't let it be true. Don't, because they don't want, nobody wants to see Glenn die. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, um, he's dead. I think that the way it happened and the way, it was, like I said, the way it was shot, the way it edited, it was just the perfect way to do it. And, and that's how they handled it. And like Matt said, uh, I couldn't believe they have the balls to, to, to do something like that. But you know, they're, they're, ste- they're, they're stepping up their game. They're getting to, Lord, they're getting to the, uh, Game of Thrones status where writers just don't give a fuck and they're going to write a character off whether they want, whether the fans like them or not. Um, I, I tell you the the impact of Glenn dying, like I, I was really worried uh, in the in the closing scenes of that episode if they were going to take Rick out. Yeah, it definitely felt yeah. like that at the end. Like you, like like uh, the uh, the wolves. It seemed like they were gonna like he was done for. You know, it was very reminiscent of the pilot episode where he was in the tank and the walkers were surrounding him. It was the exact same thing. Only he had wol- well, the, he took out the wolves, but then. You had all the walkers coming from the side. So, 
Uh, and what, um, and okay. Pete, who saved him from the tank? Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he even called him asshole in this episode, which he did in the in that mm-hmm. first episode, which I thought was really a really nice callback. But right. um, I don't I don't want to get too far into this because we got to talk about Arrow and Flash. But um, but yeah, Didn't Walking Dead get renewed by the way this week. This week. What's that? Didn't Walking Dead just get renewed this uh, this week? By the way, I I hadn't heard, but I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Um, and I'm sure they're I'm sure they're going to be uh, renewed. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they were renewed for season seven after the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Makes well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so like we said, 18 million viewers, 18 million <laughs> viewers. My goodness. Yeah, it's, it's only going to grow. Um, so, yeah, pretty much uh, we all think Glenn's dead. So, uh, yeah, sorry guys. So, Move so, on. So they don't, they don't, they don't have a, like a Lazarus pit or something in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, but they uh, broke it. Remember? I don't know who was it. No. I don't. I don't. No, 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 my bad. It was. Hey who, Andy. Who, uh, hey Andy. You don't, you, hey Andy. Who doesn't watch the show? Do you remember when they destroyed the Lazarus pit and they're Walking Dead? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Pete. I remember when I didn't watch the show. No, Nissa broke it. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, right. Why? It's Nissa's fault. Glenn is dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Nissa and Arrow and the, and the Lazarus Pit, we get to see uh, the uh, repercussions of bringing back um, Sarah Lance, and and uh, you know, kind of a crazy. You know, we when we saw uh, Thea brought back from the Lazarus Pit, it was almost identical. Uh, but no, it was done worse. It was like it well, was no, no. so pathetic when it, when they how they brought her back and because she just like jumped out of the pool like you know out of the pit was, as of like Sarah kind of jumped too right? I mean, no, Sarah, okay, well Sarah was more intimidating. If you just like you know keep this cat noise like you know, <laughs> <laughs> she well, kind of just went wow. <laughs> but but Sarah, I mean, she's pretty much like I mean, she's not there. She's not like she, like she's herself at all. I mean, like she's, she's fucking Halloween. <laughs> so funny to listen to this conversation that my name is being said. <laughs> Sarah's not there. Yes, I am, Pete. Damn it. Sarah is so intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's just Sarah's just crazy now and just when, whenever whenever she goes you chain her yeah. up and she doesn't hold down. Whenever whenever Sarah goes, yeah. That, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like super I'm like super t- intimidated. I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna kill me. Now I, I wanna know. ask uh, Arrow's number one super fan, Casey, did you watch the show this week? Okay, all right. Uh, no, yes, no, I did. Let's uh, let's get let's get into this. Now, now what do you want to know? What do you think what do you want to know, buddy? <laughs> what do you think about Oliver Queen running for for uh, for it's mayor? Fucking stupid. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Right? But oh my God. I'm doubling down. Yo, I'm doubling down on this show. I like it even more now because of it. I like that they are they are just they don't care anymore. They're just like you know what? Oliver's running for president. I'm into it. I'm. <laughs> All, qu- so yo, queen, twi- queen 2016 for sure well it's better queen 2016 than trump 2016 <laughs> i don't know oh who that God. is okay. <laughs> i mean wig 2016 wig there you go <laughs> what do you hair, oh, bad. um you know what, what what did you think uh of the episode what did you think of um what do you think of damien dark and it, it kind of how he's i i let me just say, I love Neil McDonough. First of all, I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's great that he's the villain on the on the show this season. Um, Casey, what do you think of uh, how he's he's there, but he's really still in the background yeah. of, of things? I think he's definitely the angriest Swedish person I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm still filling him out 
like uh, as a character, I guess. Well, that, like you said, it's because he <laughs> really hasn't had a, a whole lot of. I'm filling him up as a character, probably because he just hasn't had a whole lot of screen time yet, like you said. Uh, but from what I've seen, I mean, he he, I like him better than I did. Uh, what Raish Raish yeah. Al Ghul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raish Al Ghul, Raish Raj, Raish Raj. Like they could never one of those. Mind. <laughs> one yeah. of them. A- as <laughs> choose Al- one. Yes. As Al Ghul. That's all I started asking, calling him by the end of the season. <laughs> Uh, I I I, did, I think he has more potential to be uh, the emperor to to Raish Al Ghul's Vader. Uh, so I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see how they expand that character. Uh, Matt, what do you think of um, the new Arrow Cave and how they're basically uh, using Felicity, Felicity's power and money to uh, facilitate all this? I love how just uh, everything new is just like, oh, yeah, uh, Cisco did it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Cisco. You know, that's how you explain everything. Yeah, Cisco. By the way, do you guys know that our shows are tight? You know, Cisco did it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I like your new new haircut. Oh, I had Cisco. Cisco (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Actually, if you think about it, like, Caitlin and Felicity, they kind of trade dresses sometimes. I swear they wear the same thing on different shows. Anyway, um, the Arrow Cave is awesome. Um, I I was like uh, Diggle or Dig to his friends uh, when he was like looking around. He's like, this is awesome. Bro, this is cool. Diggle (laughs) does not mix words. (laughs) Ah, No, he he literally said bro if you really wanted to. You should have said he literally should have said, bro, this is awesome. Um, I, I think it's really neat that they have, like, a one kind of, like, center stage. Um, it, it's it's definitely built for television <laughs> just because it's the way that everything is spaced out. Um, but uh, it, it looks less, uh, what's it called, uh, like, dark feng, and feng shui? Uh, or more And more, like, uh, like, lit up and, like, a real headquarters. Like a watch um, which is Yeah. Which, which, which kind of like parallels where the show's going. It's it's going more fun, I would say. So they might as well make you know the the Arrow Cave more fun as well. So I like it. It's cool. Um, aluminum. Agasquiz, what did you think of the villain this week? Uh, kind of a uh, kind of a, a very poor, poor man's gambit. Wait, that was last week's episode. That was last week, Pete. Oh my god. <laughs> That's that my straight up last week. See what happens when I miss a week? I, I'm totally off. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't, it's all like, Pete, what are you talking about? That's Pete? right. No, 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 my that. bad, my bad. Um, Dude, I Lisa, Ver- Lisa Warner uh, played by Regina Wesley from True Blood. My bad. Um, no, okay, so that's right. It was a SWAT team uh, that was kind of taking it upon themselves to take out uh, the vigilantes and, and almost even take out uh, Lance. Um, Andy, what did you think of, uh, you think of uh, this kind of anti-vigilante team and um it was kind of cool to see what's her i i apologize like i don't know her name from true blood um uh, do you know yeah, what i'm talking about rutina wesley yeah 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 no i was really happy with this uh, with this character so she you know it was a, uh, you know for someone who's been ranting on gotham a lot publicly lately uh i appreciate the fact that we got you know a strong you know intimidating woman in you know, a villain of color um which Gotham has been sucking so hard at with lately and uh, you know she was you know like I was terrified of her she was a badass she was you know someone that I could believe as a good villain and you know I mean she was kind of in a way trying you know being more of an anti here in a way um so you know I liked her a lot I hope we see more of her and um, 
in coming episodes. Um, I, I think she will be back for a couple of more episodes. Um, no, I really, really liked her. I, like it was, she was, she had a good impression on me. Like uh, the the one, you know, the one, um, the villains, you know, week after week and so on, they're getting better. You know, I loved Double Down from last week. I loved um, Lisa Werner. Uh, I know she's in the comp, but I don't know what her like lady cop, you know, something like that. And uh, like that's her code name apparently in the comics. Um, no, the villains are getting better on this show, and um, so yeah, I, I hope we see more of her. Um, okay, Agastocles, I do have a question now for you. Yeah. <laughs> that does pertain to this week's show. Um, you know, there was uh, why was no gambit in it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a poor man's bullseye. <laughs> oh, you know what? Good one. I didn't even think about that. Good one. Um, you know, the 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 big things in the in the story this week, besides Oliver deciding to run for for mayor, was. Uh, Lance and how Sarah basically said, "Hey, Dad, I brought little sis back to the uh, back from the grave." Although she's kind of a really fucked up version of her. Um, what did you think? Of, she's from Walking Dead. Oh my God! Uh, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of that whole like his reaction and dealing with it, and then going to Damien Dark and he's like, "Yeah, just just get rid of her." Yeah, um, I thought. So, so the setup, you know, the the plot, um, that was, I, I I approved of, right? Because because we've already gone we've already gone through the season of the, the the Lance family keeping secrets from each other, like ad nauseum. So I was glad to to see Laurel, you know, take the initiative and just say, "Look, I'm not doing this again." You know, let me just go ahead and tell him up front, and let's let's deal with it. Um, so I was glad that she did that. I did not want to see another rehash of. You know the Lance family secrets drag out for you know three quarters of the season. Um, you know some of the some of the scenes that were shot with Sarah were a little too obvious. Like when she was going to strangle her with the chain, like yeah. just the very angle of the camera shot and how they lined it up. I was like, well, we can see that coming next. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and actually, when she was missing, same thing too. The the the, the way they shot that from a camera perspective, just like grotesquely telegraph that that's what you were going to see um but but in general i'm, I'm glad I, I actually like the the course that the that the quentin lance character is taking um that he has just he, that he's just twisted himself so much in knots trying to trying to take on the burden of solving the problem of starling city star city whatever himself um that that he has kind of run this full course of man philosophically um and and has wound up corroborating with the enemy essentially in the belief that 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 will be the solution um and and then and then feeling the the crushing sadness that 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 is also becoming his failure um so i i i like that um and just in general about this episode one thing i liked about this episode was the was the callbacks to some of the nostalgia like i liked seeing uh thea you know dressed in kind of the old thea queen um duds kind of out on mm -hmm. a night on the town and dig in the bo in the bodyguard setup <laughs> it's been a while it was so weird that. though i was like i'm why does this feel so new to me even though i know that's what he always used to dress like i had right. no problem with diggle's outfit and i was like i feel like she, you know at least she's not wearing shirts and just like showing half her stomach and so on like every dress shirt whatever she was wearing would always show her midriff and so on right. so right. i was like you know, oh good for her but i'm like diggle in a Business suit, boy, he looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that. It felt, it felt, it just felt like season one-ish uh, with everybody kind of back in yeah. their old spots. And then the last thing I'll mention on this episode is uh, 
again, talk, calling out the emotional impacts from this week. Um, and I, I think it got by maybe a few, a lot of people and, and maybe it didn't have the same impact, but that scene, uh, with, uh, Amel and, uh, I forget Quentin, the Quentin Lance character. Paul, ba- actor. Paul, Paul, Paul Backhorn? Backhorn? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but where he is confronting him about, um, about corroborating with, uh, co- collaborating with Damien Dark. Um, yeah, yeah. And, ju- and just kind of very harshly throwing out on the table that, that in fleshing out, fleshing out the story of their relationship to, to provide an understanding that, you know, in the, in the wake of, of uh, of Ollie's father killing himself and him returning, that he is. I mean, we always knew he was trying to get Quentin Lance's help as, as far as just kind of lining up the police force from like a tactical, strategic perspective. Um, the the intensity of him trying to win Quentin Lance's approval um, as kind of a substitute father figure in the wake of his own dad being gone, and and trying to get him to not just become a supporter of of arrow or green arrow but actually become become a thing that that quentin lance is proud of in a fatherly aspect um i i thought that was awesome and i thought amel delivered those lines like expertly uh that that scene kind of uh, it didn't choke me up but i was like i was just kind of like wow that's a very powerful feeling mm-hmm. that he just you know conveyed right there oh, yeah it, it i'm sending i'm sending i'm sending i'm sending you um a lot of high fights for what you just said because <laughs> i agree like i i you know i didn't get emotional either so but you know it was like you know i was like you know that's a scene i've gone back to watch the most times over and over and over for the past week and so on so i i totally agree that was and i think it was about damn time that they had you know because you know they've been bickering for about three seasons now so yeah no i I echo what you say. Matt, what did you want to say? I was just going to say, I'm like, the first time, he, you know, when he was kind of outing him, outing uh, Lance for working with Damien Dark, I was like, is he going to say, Captain Lance, you failed this city? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is he going to put an arrow in it or something? Oh, oh thank Lord <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Good, because that set up an awesome dramatic scene at the end where, you, you know, or that all both of those scenes where he's like, you know, you're, you're, you're the man I, I, I want to impress in, in, in a way. And, um, I want you to see the man that I, uh, when you want to become and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that's, I had a pause and I like walked around, did a lap around the house. I'm like, man, that's, that was intense. And it was, I, I think, um, <laughs> Why did and, you and think I, I did a lap around the house, walked around the living room. I was like, wow, that was, cause it was so surprising. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's bad acting on Arrow, but there's a level of acting I'm not expecting, and I saw it from Stephen Amell, and it was great. I'm not putting you on blast, bro. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a good job. It is probably like one of his better dramatic scenes I've seen on Arrow in at least a long time, or, yeah. or that that stands out the most. And I, like you, Andy, I, I replayed it at least three times, and I'm like, like man, that was it was so well. Like I, like done like um, from both sides. You see the reactions from from Quentin Lance and. Um, it kind of just stepped me out of the, the, um, the, the, uh, it put me in my head where I'm like, wow, acting is so incredible that to tell, you know, pull out that kind of emotion from an audience member, like that's part of the craft. It was so cool. So, um, definitely a highlight for this season and season's not even over yet. So, yeah, it was definitely, uh, that was some good stuff. Uh, not like you said, Matt, it's not definitely something I'm not used to seeing on the show and, and it was good to see them bringing their A game in that, in that, uh, confrontation. 
Um, now to round out the Arrow talk, uh, Sarah, what did you think of the reveal of Ray Palmer? Um, you know, Felicity possibly hearing his last moments, and and you know, because I know you're a big Felicity fan, but how did you feel about her kind of? You know, she was like, "Well, that was my friend," and then it was like, "No, he was my ex-boyfriend," and I have all these feelings. Uh, blah. Yeah. What, what did you think of it? Yeah. So I, yeah. that's what I expected her to say. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, Andy. Why do you keep saying yeah? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's my line. Damn it. <laughs> um, no. Um, I I liked her performance with those lines because um, they were quiet moments um, where you just saw it in her eyes what the emotional turmoil she was going to going through. Um, but. It ma- it makes sense. Yeah, I'm an Elicity fan, but I understand like this is a real reaction for somebody that she at one time at one point in time was in a relationship and now he's dead, and then to bring back the memories. Um, so I I understand that. I have nothing against it. I thought it was really well done. That being said, um, this episode reminded me so much of last season's episode 18, Public Enemy. Um, through all the storylines, including this one, I oddly enough, because that's the episode in which Ray says, I love you to Felicity, and she doesn't say it back. And then um, and then that's also the episode that Quentin is hunting down Oliver and where they have that great scene in the um, in the in the cop car where Quentin says, you're not a hero, you're the villain. Um, and so, and then in this week's episode, Quentin Lance, by association, by his association with Damien Dark, was the villain. And so you have this um, this great paralleling between those two story arcs, um, and specifically those two episodes. Um, and then to go one step further, as I usually do, um, so at the end of this episode, Quentin agrees to be the inside man for Team Arrow. Um, and work with them um, to try to take down um, Damien Dark from the inside. Just like how in the flashbacks, Amanda Waller it has placed um, Oliver on Leon Yu to be their inside man to figure out what's going on um, with um, the Baron and all of those men. Um, so I just really like the, um, the storylines and how they were connected with these themes and then how they... Um, they took elements from previous seasons um, to really make it a cohesive episode. Yeah, it was um, wow. That was that was a lot, Sarah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. I have, um, I have two things I want to add, though. By good. the way, um, first of all, I just love how much you know how more how much more this show is becoming more green arrowy. You know, if that makes sense. So, like, I love like whenever they go out and find someone, you know, we see Speedy, we see Black Canary, we see Green Arrow, like. First of all, I, like, you know, there was a big thing on The Flash that made me lose my shit, but I lost my shit as well when, you know, <laughs> all when Green Arrow and Black Canary, you know, they did the zip line again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, you know, it was, okay, I will say, as much as I love Laurel, I thought it was a little funny when she, when her Canary cry was shut up, but at the end, when she came yeah. back and just blast them, like, you know, new frequency, yeah. same <laughs> cry, hashtag. <laughs> 
I think the showrunners, the showrunners must listen to us because we were just like giving them a ration of crap <laughs> gonna, last week. I was gonna say, yeah, Agasicles, you made that exact point that they, we, I have, I couldn't even remember the last time we saw her used her canary cry. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, they. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Um, no, I like that. It was just this show is becoming more Green Arrow, and I love that. I love that we're seeing these characters, and like I, I hope we see more of the Canary Cry because I think it's awesome. Um, still, would be cool if she somehow like became a meta-human one night, if the weapon merged with her or something. But you know, that's that's a whole different discussion for another day. But I just love that this show is becoming much more Green Arrowy and less Batman. I you know because. If I want to watch Batman, yeah. I will watch um, any of the 500 movies that's already come out, <laughs> uh, including animation and live action. And the second thing is, is there a possibility that we may have gotten a hint now to, like, Quentin may actually be the one to die? I, I was going to mention, I, I, f- I feel like, it, it, I mean... There's, I mean, I'm not putting any money on the, any of these bets. But, uh, but then, I, I then feel anything like, you say is invalid. I feel like I feel like this the closing of this episode with, as Sarah mentioned, him agreeing to be the inside man, does strengthen that possibility because if he if he winds up dying in disgrace, um, because the police force has the impression that he was abetting Dark, um, then that might be a reason why there weren't you know wreaths and a big you know honor dressing or whatever around his tombstone and it may be only team arrow that is aware that he was actually you know acting in a heroic manner you know the rest of the city may discredit him and also and as we go back to that you know that funeral scene uh you know why all of you know what if you know what if that's the reason why you know now he has a reason to cry for quentin if he dies because now they've closed one chapter and they're opening a good one yeah right. together and so on so it's like you know, look now. I, look, I don't wish for anyone to just be like, "Hey, just kill him off because I hate him" and so on. But I think that the deaths that makes the death, the death character that makes most sense right now is Quentin because now, and he will go out of here. I think you know. I still don't think he's going to be like accidentally killed. So, although I, I like the fear of that. What if the cops think that he is with Damien, and then that's why he gets shot. I, then that's why there was no big presence at the funeral and so on. But you know, when a, when an officer dies, you know, it's it's. At least when I see it on TV, it's, it, it's always been a little bit more, what's the right word, um, spectacle, if, mm-hmm. I mean, if that makes sense. It's so honored more. It's, it's more of an honorary thing. So um, so that, that's a reason. So, and now that he's agreed to you know, work as a double agent, that is a huge risk. Um, yeah. Paul Blackburn, he stole this episode, like, you know, when he, especially in, at, at the end, when in the second half of the episode, when he almost had to kill Sarah, but like he realized once again, no, that is her. Is it a she is just mentally gone? But uh, I don't know, maybe they need um, a, a master of magic to <laughs> show up and help them. I'm so yeah. fucking jazzed about next week's episode. I, I, I'm going to crash the show again next week. I'm going to be like, John Constantine coming! I'm so ready. I'm super ready, Andy. Yes, yeah, we're, we're just going to be like, we're, we're gonna, sh- you are not as ready as I am. <laughs> No, you're, I you're not. You're, you're just, I, I covered so that show ready. for. I covered that show for for a season, and I grew to love Matt Ryan so fucking much that I'm like, I don't care what he comes back in. I need to him. I need him to come back in some way for John Connors to look. You can be jazz, but you're no more jazz than I am. Or I think equally. we're. I think we're all excited about Constantine. It's it's gonna yeah, you be bet. Mm-hmm, you it's, bet. it's gonna be you a bet. lot of fun next week. It's um, gonna be awesome. So ready. On on that note, let's move on to Flash. Uh, 
where we got um, a, let, let me just jump into it. The last five minutes of the Flash were freaking crazy, um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I say it this like this past episode wasn't too bad. I thought there was some kind of slow moments, but the it, the last five minutes just killed it. You had the reveal of Harrison Wells' return, and then you had King Shark, which, let me say, <sighs> the Flash special effects team continues to blow it out of the freaking park. It doesn't matter that they're on the CW. It doesn't matter they're a TV show. These are, like, still movie-level, like, feature film-level effects. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. so freaking amazing. Um, Andy, I know you want to go crazy, so so tell me what, what you thought about uh, King Shark and... And let's let's just get to get into it. Uh, King Shark and Wells. I have, look. I have a lot of nerdgasms every week, but this but this night, like I lost my shit like nobody's business. I because they kept saying King. You know, and look, I knew you know in in this universe, you know, they have established that King Shark had existed because of them. The prequel, you know, the the season zero comic. So you know, we knew he was out and so, but you know, because it was in the the digital comic, you know, I'm like, well, there's no way we're gonna show, see him on the show because that's too expensive. You know, it's, it's one thing to do a hairy gorilla, but it's one thing to do like a giant mutated shark. But either way, I'm like, okay, they keep mentioning, they keep mentioning, like, okay, you know, he's gonna, you know, I'll go and ask Patty for a date, whatever. But then. <laughs> I don't know fucking where a giant ass shark shows up and I'm like oh my cock fuck like I curse so much at the at the screen that my mom came in and was like who died? I'm like nobody died. A giant talking walking shark has shown up on my TV screen and she's like you need to move out. I'm like I know but uh, I nerded out so much and i'm like sharknado we use like you suck already but like you <laughs> suck even more now because this we get good shit with sharks you don't and uh, so like look i look i don't care who i have to kill or who i have to pay or whoever i have to sleep with i want killer <laughs> king shark and girl like rod in an episode together for five minutes Oh man, that was a good way to sum that up, Andy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Casey, what did you think of of Harrison Wells' reveal at the end there? I mean, it's there's this kind of this guy with the hoodie that takes out King Shark, and oh, it's 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 Harrison Wells. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Casey, <Right>. what you think? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and echo Andy's enthusiasm. I was I was working on another. It's I was I was, <laughs> I was working on one thing and and watching Flash at the same time. And I had looked down for a minute, and when I looked back up, there was a goddamn shark. There was a goddamn shark man on my on my TV, and and I didn't believe it for a second. I thought maybe I was hallucinating, but I'm glad to hear that I was not. Uh, I'm excited that they have Harrison Wells back. I miss that character too much. He gives me all kinds of confusing feelings, like whether I should hate him or not. Um, I'm assuming this new guy. Let's go back for a second. You said confusing feelings. Um, Yeah. Like the are you you know are you having sexual like journey? Yes. With Harrison Wells, it's like don't be jealous, Matt. Don't be. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. He know Matt knows that this is there. an open thing. He knows it's an open thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad that I'm glad that Wells is back. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do uh, with him and the gang next next episode. Uh, you know, I I thought like I like I was uh, starting off saying I, I thought this episode at, uh, before all this 
was kind of slow. Maybe just they were building up some uh, some more storyline. Last week's episode, this week's episode. This week's episode. Like, okay. leading up to King Shark and Wells. I thought it was kind of on the slow side. It wasn't – I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was just a little slower than I'm, I'm used to with, with Flash. But that being said, um, Sarah, what did you think of the reveal that uh, Iris's mom is sick and that might be the reason she's reaching out and also uh, she might have a brother? Why will I get this storyline? <laughs> I can take it. I don't get a comment about the shark. I get a comment about. <laughs> so, 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 okay, 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 okay. Sarah, what do you okay, think so, of the shark? What do you think of King Shark? Sarah, no, oh, wait, let me Andy, Andy, you comment. Sarah, you yeah. comment. Okay. Let me show you how it's done. Okay. Andy, hold on. Let's pretend we're on the. Andy, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I want to let Let me, let me, okay, hold on. Let's get somebody new. Agasicles. Yeah, so uh, and and Andy may just discount what I was what I'm gonna say. Uh, what you just mentioned, Pete, was the most standout thing to me, which is uh, and it took me a while to piece it together. Um, was this notion of uh, Francine West having a son, and I was like, ah, wasn't wasn't like Kid Flash or something like a relative? And I was like, wait, Bart Allen, Barry, I know he wouldn't be out. Oh, wait, she probably kept Joe's last name. Maybe her kid is Wally West. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't you make some sort of connection with that, Andy? Like you said that they're. Uh, oh, what is the what is the background on on Wally West in the comic books, at least? Oh, in the comic book, he's the nephew of Iris West. Um, right. He and then, but I don't know what else would you want me. To, like, it, I guess that's. Just, I guess uh, really that would probably be it. Only because in the obviously the, in the here in the uh, in the show they're tra- they're. Other siblings. Yeah, well, that and, and now they're making it seem like she does have a sibling, though, right? Yeah, and it's well, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but I won't say anything if you don't want me to. No, I'm, I'll, if it's in the news, I'm going to see it. So go, so just go ahead. It's okay. Well, it is Wally. Wally is uh, in this incarnation. Wally will be the brother of Iris West. Okay, well then, then yeah, there, there we go. go. Which, which is not a problem, you know. I, I think it's you know. How many you know sibling relations do we actually have on TV? I think it's gonna you know it's, I think it's gonna be just as great. So um, and we know Joe Joe is the father. So um, but um, how do we escalate from asking Sarah this question then? To- <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me you know, Sarah. Sarah is a master delegator. If she doesn't want to answer something, she will make someone else answer that. Very skillful. All right, all right. I do. Have okay, a question Sarah, for Sarah, you, Sarah. Sarah, what do you want to talk about, Sarah, about this episode? <laughs> you pick the subject. Um, Talk about um, Firestorm. Talk about Firestorm. What? I thought I got to pick it. Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Excuse me. You can pick whatever you want to talk about just as long as it's Firestorm. Good. <laughs> double standard. Anything you, Sarah, I probably one time you will one day you will get to come on the flash pocket and I will be more like, you know, more liberal with you. So, hey, what do you want to talk about? Because they. Well, Sarah. Oh, what did we lose, Sarah? Well, did she go back to the last thing? She's on. She's struggling in Earth Two. It, it appears. Hey, Alaska <laughs> is not in Earth Two. Damn it! <laughs> God. Is this a joke that I missed? I, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, they just like making fun of me because I'm in Alaska. What's wrong with Alaska? Wait, wait, wait. Seriously, hey, Pete. Okay, seriously. Okay. To, All right. To the, men, to the men, to the men of the show, what's wrong with Alaska? <laughs> yeah, guys. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with Alaska. Absolutely nothing. Okay, I've Sarah. I've been to Alaska. Pre- nice. Okay, okay. Good. There's something wrong. Sarah, you may proceed. 
as I'm not a host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I like the episode. <laughs> okay, that's a start. You, oh, okay. okay, for a moment there, I thought you guys, like, I lost you guys again. Um, what did you think of them seeking out the two, uh, the two guys that were potentially going to be uh, Firestorm and how one of them became kind of a villain? I mean, right. did you like that or did you think... They didn't need to go that route. Or at least it, it seemed like it was, if anything, it was kind of a vehicle to propel, what's his name, uh, Jax? Jax. Or, yeah. Uh, Jefferson Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. It was, it was Jax, used to Jax. show him that he can become the hero that, that uh, Caitlin kept saying he could be. Right. Um, it, it was a, This episode is a vehicle to launch Legends of Tomorrow, as most of these like first half um, episodes between um, Arrow and Flash are being used as to launch that show for the spring. Um, that being said, I liked how Flash does something. I, I Flash is a better show than Arrow. And one of the reasons why is because when they relate the, um, when they have like a villain of the week, their tie-ins to the emotional journeys of the central characters are appear to be, for me at least, much more natural and cohesive. And so when you have the tie-ins about, um, like, Cisco embracing his powers at the end of the episode, um, that Stein tells him to do um, before him and Jefferson go off um, to be firestorm together. Oh, that's so, so cheesy. No, but, that, but that's, that's oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard someone laugh about like them merging this one. I'm like, yeah, my maturity level has like decreased since being on this podcast. I don't. I don't blame you. <laughs> but um, so I, you I, have... feel, I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Somebody has to. Um, so you have those tie-ins um, that just make it a much more cohesive show and a much more interesting one rather than it feeling as pr- procedural as it could feel. Um, so that's what I like. And, and this show still has the ability to surprise you. And I think that's why the reaction at, with the last five minutes was done so great because you had the setup at the beginning of the episode where Patty gives Barry the tooth. And then, I I don't know about everybody else, I completely dismissed it, and I forgot about it. And yeah. so by the end of it, it just came out of nowhere. And then on top of that, you got Harrison Wells coming back to save Barry in that instance, um, which is foreshadowing to how his character is going to go in the later, I think. So I just, um, it was an entertaining episode, and I didn't... I criticized Arrow a lot last week because I felt like that episode was used to launch Legends of Tomorrow and it you saw the negative impacts on the home home show. This week Flash did a very similar thing only I did not feel like it deterred from the main storyline of this series. I think it just moves things forward and propelled those um, storylines forward. Yeah, I feel like it didn't deter it as much. Like Pete mentioned that he 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 had some problems. You know, Pete's with, opinion doesn't count. 
Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. What the? I but, uh, was quiet for so long. All the shade that's been thrown around this week. Oh, no, no know, one I can adore be. You. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry. no one can be worse in shade than. There's no one worse being shady than the Gotham account on Twitter this past month, this uh, yeah. Monday. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's good. Point. Let's but, save that for end. People, I want to rant on that with you. Okay. But, uh, but I, I can. I yeah. kind of felt the same way. I felt like the first half of this episode, uh, there was, uh, you know, what I wrote in my review was I kind of started, they're, they're, they, they stuffed a lot. This was a very, this was a fully stuffed burrito of an episode. Um, and, and I felt like it, it was starting to skew towards the Spider-Man 3 kind of kitchen sink kind of effect that that movie had where I was just worried that they were trying to do too much. Um, and a lot of that was because they were trying to get through this setup, I felt like, uh, the difference is, is this episode did not f- kind of fall apart and train wreck like maybe last week's episode of of Arrow did, um, and you know the, the emotional hook in this episode for me was uh, was Jefferson Jackson making that decision to become Firestorm, um, and 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 maybe maybe it doesn't hit everybody or everybody doesn't um, kind of come at it from the same angle, but um, you know one of the things I talked about in my review is you know. You recognize that this is an inner city kid um, who had one shot to get to college that fell apart on him in the in the particle accelerator explosion. Um, you know he's working as a mechanic, probably barely putting food on the table. This this guy didn't grow up on comic books. He didn't grow up on sci-fi. He is not coming from a point in society where he feels like he owes society anything or has an obligation or is supposed to use his gift for the betterment of others. That is. Radical. That's a radical departure from the culture that he comes from. Um, so, you know, so Barry Allen making the decision that he makes to become the Flash. I, I feel like that character is a lot closer to you know being a coming from a value system that makes that decision um, than where Jefferson Jackson comes from. Um, it, it is a significant leap for him, uh, and and Barry kind of calls it out when he. Um, you know, when he, when he kind of takes Caitlin to task for the way she treated him and says, hey, maybe your eyes need to be a little more open to exploring possibilities of, like, who, who can and should fulfill this role. And, of course, you know, and, and of course, the, the, the subtle, you know, you know, punch in that is maybe let's give the black guy a chance and not just assume that he needs to be a white guy pointed towards college um, is kind of the undertone. Uh, and and I, I thought that was done well, um, and I think... And I, and I and I think it you know a l- little more significant dramatically than than another kind of setup would have worked. Yeah. Something I just want to add about Jack, by the way, is something that I you know, put on in my review that I love so much about him is that in the end, you know, when he decided to you know give up his normal life and just you know become the superhero, was that he didn't do it specifically just to become a superhero. He did it because he wanted to save an innocent man's life. Because remember, the reason they needed another half was because Martin was dying. Yeah. So the reason I... And people are going to hate me so much. Okay, look. I love I love Robbie Amell. I love him as Ronnie Raymond. I love the first Firestorm. For some reason, though, I got hooked quicker to Jax. And yeah. I think he was a little bit more... Fun and I loved how noble he was. That you know he's injured and he has a handicap and stuff, and he can't do what he wanted to do once upon a time. But he decided to sacrifice his own, you know, the, <clears throat> any chance he had to have a normal life to save another man's life that he didn't even know. I think that is, you know, th- that kid is t- definitely a legend of tomorrow. Huh? I love. Um, I I do as a comic book fan. I do love how they had in this episode uh, Stein speaking into his head, which I don't think they had with Robbie. 
Oh, they did. They did. Okay, yeah. I never. It just never stuck out to me. But it went. It went quick. That's why. I don't. Okay. I wouldn't blame yeah. you. Um. All right. To uh, Matt, give us your last thoughts. Uh, we're running out of time. Let's let's uh, get your last thoughts on uh, your on the episode of the Flash. Uh, number one, Andy um, Sharknado mm-hmm. was awesome. We will talk about this later. <laughs> uh, number don't, two, don't, Sharknado don't, don't, don't two is even more awesome. We will talk about this later. Number I three, um, all you 90s babies that are on the clickbait stuff on BuzzFeed. Uh, who else thought of Street Sharks? Because, you know, I did. It was just missing <laughs> a helmet and some roller skates. That was awesome. But, uh, yeah, seeing a giant walking shark was probably the highlight of this episode. Um, I was a little confused on why they had Firestorm. But you guys, you know, demystified that. And you also, you know, made sure that uh, I was not up up on, you know, why they're setting up stuff. Oh, yeah. A show called Legends of Tomorrow. I super forgot. Um, super forgot. <laughs> I just love the fact that we got a reveal on Wally and that I actually was right on it. Because I've been speaking since, I think, June or like early in the year that I thought, yeah, he's going to be the brother buyer. And then people were like, yeah. no, he's going to be from Earth 2. I'm like, yeah, let's overcomplicate it because why can't he just be his little brother? So I'm like, call the bitches. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering why like the mom came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, this but, is the interview. But we all know why, because like she, she's not be, she's not do, coming to Cinder City to be selfish. She's coming there because she is trying to make sure that Wally has a home when she passes away. Because right. I think she knows that she's. That's why I, I got crazy by other people that were like bashing Francine Wednesday. So I'm like, you know, yeah. you're missing the whole point. That you know, she's there. And the thing is, look, I think Iris was amazing. This episode. I think you know she, you know she's she's entitled to be angry and give her you know like I think it was good that she did her research as a journalist stuff like that, but. An investigative journalist should always try and hear out someone to get the full picture, even if they, you know, if that person is someone that is shady or whatever and so on. Because Francine didn't even get to say much on the subject matter and so on. So, and I think, you know, that was the only disappointing part for me in the episode. But, you know, once again, Candace Pine kind of, kill, you know, killed it in this episode, which was awesome. But, yeah, there, you know, she's not, you know, Francine is not being selfish. She's actually shown that she is a kind woman, that she has really learned from her mistakes because... She's now trying to make sure that her son is safe before she dies, when she can't do anything else anymore and so on, because she can't guarantee that uh, Joe and I are going to want to take care of him and so on. And there's obviously some background uh, for Wallen. So maybe there's some, you know, like maybe he's a troubled uh, teenager or something yeah. like that, or, you know, maybe he has some dark history and so on, which, you know, he will he will show up in, in the winter. That's been confirmed and so on. But, cool. um, I, I, this isn't uh, the last time we're going to see from Francine, too, right? It's not her only episode. I know she's going to show up in a few more episodes. Yeah. Cool. So. All right. So, and, quick, um, okay. oh, sorry. Go a ahead. Quick, a, quick, a, a quick 10 seconds extending the conspiracy just for the sake of conspiracy. Um, so once Wally does show up, you will then have Wally. And it, although she's different than the comic book Speedy, you will have Speedy. Um, so you will have two of the Teen Titans in this world. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, very thank cool. you, for, thank you for <laughs> noting that same thing as well. Because I'm like, they have so many fucking Titans related characters on this show. And I'm like, why can't they just set up Titans that was supposed to be on TNT on CW and send it with these characters like, you know, Jesse Quick is coming, they have Roy Harper in the universe, you know, even Mal Duncan exists in Central City, you know, as a jazz player, and he's a Titan. I'm like, I just want Titans to happen for <laughs> sake. You know, we'll, see, we'll um, see if it happens. Go ahead, sir. You know, it's not just that Iris has a brother, though. It's also that Joe potentially could have a son. I mean, it was, it was it- eight months. That was the difference yeah. from when Wally was born. Um, and then to bring Wally in on the show, 
and for it to be Joe's biological son, who he didn't help raise and he doesn't know, to have that contrast with Barry, who's his like adopted son, um, and to see how that brotherly relationship would go and complicate things, um, that w- that's actually a really interesting dynamic that I didn't think about until now. And that's why I like hanging out with you guys, even <laughs> though I'm mean and I'm sarcastic. So, yeah. Well, Thank you. You're not, you're, you're not mean and sarcastic. You just seem that you're very mad about things. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, tomato, tomato. Ah, uh, well, that's okay. And she just did it right there. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Well, the show, yeah, bro. I know. <laughs> that's going to do happen? it for our flash talk for this week. Uh, we'll definitely get into more next week. Uh, you know, we all. No, that's no, okay. Cisco already did it. Oh, that's true. Cisco is, yeah. <laughs> that's what we should tell you. Name this episode. It's okay. Cisco did it for yeah. us. <laughs> um, all right. So real quickly, uh, let's get into our Halloween picks, Halloween movie picks for this week. Uh, let's start off with uh, Andy. Why don't you go? Um, Casper movies. <laughs> no, uh, I would say, I don't even remember the last good Halloween. Like, I would say this. Watch... Season one of Scream from MTV. Binge watch Scream Queens and then watch the movie Unfriended. That's a great like Halloween. Nice. Play. I like that. package. Very good. Thank um. you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that something I said was good. <laughs> always. Which you always do because you always agree with me. <laughs> Are you I'll... trying to kiss my butt for something? No, no. I Is mean... there something you you think you're trying to get a perk out of me? What are you talking about? You always agree with what I say. You always tell me that I'm handsome and stuff like that. Like, you know, <laughs> is, is, is there an end game in mind? I agree, Andy. Andy. He does do that a lot. Shut up. Agassicles, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick for the week. Uh, I've, I've, I've got nothing. You got nothing? Okay. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> no, Cisco did, did it for him. That's why. <laughs> yeah, what? Sarah? What is going on? <laughs> Do you have a pick for the week or movie picks? It's the segment everyone forgets about. Casey, Casey, what movie um, did you? Are you picking? (laughs) Are you asking me for real? Yeah, go ahead. Because I prepped, I have two ready. So okay, Okay, so give me one. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, does the movie have to have a Halloween reference in it? It should. (laughs) It should. Okay, well then, in that case, my pick. Is Willy Wonka in the cho- <laughs> in the Chocolate Factory? Because the original one or the new one? The new one, because uh, they establish a backstory for Willy Wonka, and his dad is a dentist. Uh, and the scene that they introduce him in takes place on Halloween, uh, where he describes the dangers of candy, which is a good lesson for you youngins listening to this show. Uh, so that's my pick, Charlie and okay. the Chocolate Factory. Hashtag well, PC. if Casey's gonna do the homework, I might as well. And say, watch the first two seasons of Hannibal if you want to get scared and creeped out. They are just Why not oh, the first so creepy. Very nice. Because those are the only two seasons that I've seen so far. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Matt. You get canceled, so. Yeah. Uh, talking about before, I'm picking The Raven 2012 with uh, nice. John Cusack and Alice Eve. Uh, mostly just because it's uh, more funny than scary. Uh Donkey's ass, my boy, but nah, dude, not 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 in this one. <laughs> Donkey's my, my what? Donkey's ass, pretty cool, but I didn't, I didn't like his performance in this one. Uh-huh. But Alice Eve's in it, and she's cute, so that's cool. Nice, so, yeah. Nice, Matt. Nice. Um, all right, I'm just gonna throw out there a movie I haven't seen in a long time. 
Uh, Adam's no, family Cisco, values. Cisco saw, Cisco saw it for you. That's yeah, he did saying. see it for me. Um, Adam's family values. I was just actually just watching this uh, like oh, today. Oh yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I was yeah. like, I forgot how much I love this movie. So I only saw the t- like I saw most of the TV show like Family Adams. So I only remember seeing like maybe one or two of the films. So and I, it always like it didn't scare me per se, but it was just like, what the fuck is this? Mess. <laughs> it was a it was it was a Sharknado of the nineties. <laughs> so good. That's why. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. It was. You know, Sharknado is like an academy. This one. Uh, I want to. I want to say Beetlejuice. You just remind me of oh, that. Oh, very My nice. My mom just yes. saw it last week. I'm like. So good. Man, I never, I've never seen Beetlejuice, but I'm like, why is Michael Keaton looking like Joker? Oh, that's why he got the role of Batman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our show. Glad you guys could listen to it. Our Halloween uh, talk and uh, tons of you TV must be talk, terrified. which is a lot of fun. You must be <laughs> terrified right now because how bad our, our horror is. I know, right? Um, mm-hmm. All right. So let's, uh, let's sign everybody off here. Andy, let everyone know where they can find you at. I can, I can do less. That's fine. Okay. Um, uh, so that's how noble I am. <laughs> Agassicles. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Agassicles Famous. That's two S's in the middle or uh, under the same name on Google+. Um, all right, Sarah. You can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont. And Agastocles and I are doing the podcast for GWW Radio, Two Guys, A Girl, and a Scene. Um, last weekend, we recorded a episode re- um, going over... The movie um, Beasts of No Nation, the Netflix original film. Um, So you should check it up. It should be on the site um, over the weekend. Soon, yes. Soon. (laughs) Soon. In the near near future. Says the slack guy who has not edited that podcast yet. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Casey. Uh, you can find me, find me on Twitter at Via Blast, on Instagram at Fazy Craigo, and on Snapchat at L Shades of Franco, and on your front porch come tomorrow evening. Asking for your candy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting cool. or- I'm getting a oh, I'm getting a restraining order. Um, yeah, Matt. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at I'm Salzy. I am S-A-L-Z-Y. Hey-o. And Andy, Man, why don't God, you uh, yeah, let us sign that. off for Why don't you sign off? Well, this, uh, until next time, we, we'll see you next time on Cedar. No, wait, sign off? Oh, I <laughs> mean, no, like, no, plugs. No. Yeah, plug you me, mean, plugs. Sorry, okay, sorry oh, plug, okay. my bad. Well, I was like, why am I doing like that? I'm like, you know, well, until next time, I'm actually, we'll see you next time on Cedar. I was like, why is this? Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AnimeBucked. Uh, you can find me also over at The Flash Podcast. Um, like, every you search on the internet, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, The Flash Podcast is, is it. Um, TheFlashPodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. And uh, you can find my work on TV Overmind. And, Heroic Hollywood, and also, if you're a big Marvel fan, make sure to check out my website, The Marvel Report. Which um, when is this episode coming out, Pete? Is it uh, Saturday or Sunday? Probably tonight or earlier tomorrow. Whenever, okay, whenever, so, whenever Casey okay. gives me the heads up. Okay, so if you, if you're listening to this and you're Comic Con right now, make sure to head up to uh, booths um, to the booth seven um, one seven one ten. At Kamikaze, where uh, some of my staff members from the Marvel Report is at, doing some marvelous things. Uh, and uh, you can find them on uh, f- Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the Marvel Report. And um, I'm going to go to bed. I haven't slept in three days. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for that, Andy. And uh, like you said, find uh, all his people over at Kamikaze. It should be a good time this weekend. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find me at Pacing Pete. You can find us at Scene and Nerd, all on Twitter. Facebook, uh, iTunes, go check us out. Uh, we're on the GWW.com. And uh, be sure to go check out all the uh, content we have going on over there. Uh, yeah, it's all good time. So 
Uh, until next time, you have a DVR, use it. Bye, 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 bye. Hey, yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get a and spooky sound effect. And spooky Gotham's sound effect. account sucks balls. <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh, phone, <laughs> why? <laughs> oh, it was good to be back, guys. Good to be back. That was a soling. I gotta get to sleep. I have to wake up in six hours. See you later. Bye. Bye. And I feel for you. I miss you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> I do have to get going my, as well. I apologize, guys. But thanks you again. Do for, you always do this to us. I know. I'm sorry. And when um, Pete leaves, you, you, it disconnects you, all of us. So we should you, all say you, our goodbyes yeah. right now. You don't let Sarah. Thanks pick again, please. See you guys. You good don't show. Let, Demon. You don't let, let Sarah pick her own topic on the show. You always ditch us like the minute we're done. It's like you, it's like you, you we're like condoms. You use them one, then you throw them away. Oh my god! You. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Well, on that note, <laughs> I have a, You guys all have a good night and have a good Halloween. Yeah. Right, have a good Happy Halloween. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Have a good day. Tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>